The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello, and a smoochy smoochy to you. Welcome to the very special Valentine's Day special. It's all about kissing, love, rose petals, and disgusting chocolates in a yellow box. I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by Josh Dew. Hi, I love you. I love you too, Josh. Jada Griffin. Welcome to Valentine's Day, everybody. I choo-choo choose you. And Akeem Lewanson, my, my one and only Akeem. What's up, man? Yes, hello, Valentine's Day to everyone. Are you dressed like Peacemaker? It all depends on you. Huh? Are you dressed like Peacemaker? <laughs> that looks like a low-key Peacemaker cosplay. Yeah, you've really? got like a red a, shirt with a blue collar. A low-key Peacemaker. So that's not, we're crossing Marvel and not DC. Not low, low key, like low-key. Like, you know, like a... Yeah, the, a, the, the, I know, the mythical god. Yes, low-key. All right. We're off, <laughs> to a, we're off to a great start. We're doing yes, wonderful. Slowly. Now, we have a stupid, stupid show planned for the day. We're going to do some all, some romantic Valentine's Day specials. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you may notice that we got some expensive computer-generated hearts. Let's see those hearts. <laughs> There they are. Mm-hmm. I'm told we may have a romantic smooth jazz playing later. I have no idea if we'll Costs hear it. Costs five ninety nine every time we play those hearts. Yeah, those yeah. are expensive hearts. So uh, enjoy. Um, anyway, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about romance options in game. All right, cool it with the hearts. Calm down over there. Uh, I want to talk about romance options in games, which is sort of a, I don't know, like it's a it's a hilarious con- concept, but also something that is worth exploring. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about something that is a little bit NSFW, which is kissing uh and jada you previewed pacific drive and also reviewed final fantasy theatrhythm final bar line yes you nailed it perfectly theater rhythm final bar line i almost thought review is part of the the title because they typically yeah yeah i don't know how to pronounce it still theater rhythm it's theater rhythm yes theater rhythm yeah okay it's just like how it looks if anyway. I wanted to pronounce it how it looked (laughs) yeah it does true i to be fair in my draft for it i did misspell the, the name game the name well, of the game it, because it's, it's not a word it's, it's two not words word. that had a car accident so <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually a portmanteau um anyway uh we do i want to mention this we do have a playstation vr2 floating around the ign office uh we shot an unboxing and by we i mean me uh that's out there you should check that out but we basically weren't allowed to talk about any of the actual games yet we are going to have a proper psvr2 review going up on ign along with some game reviews uh in time for launch I don't have uh, specific details on when that's happening, but um, bear with us. It will be happening, and hopefully we have a chance to actually get some, you know, hands-on, heads-on time with that in the near future. Now, um, 
elephant in the room. Uh, last week, we did not talk about Hogwarts Legacy, mm-hmm. which was sort of a deliberate choice. Um, and I want to explain the reasoning for that. A lot of you in the comments were like, your, your jimmies were rustled, I would say. Um, but here's the thing. Like, a lot of people have really strong feelings about that game, both positive and negative. Uh, there is the, you know, overwhelming sort of political stuff that's attached to that, the controversy. And even even if we were just going to talk about the game itself, none of us are particularly into Harry Potter. Not at all. So, like, <laughs> it's kind of like high risk, low reward. And none of us are playing it. So I don't really, like, we didn't really have, um, there's no good ending there. Yeah. Like, right. I feel like no matter what we had to say about it, it would be, it would piss off somebody. And so we just kind of didn't, didn't talk about it. So, like, I'm sure that just us saying that is going to piss some people off. But it did kind of get us talking about licensed games, yeah. which is what we want to focus on instead. Because I think, you know, it's worth, there was a review floating around for Hogwarts Legacy that was done by a guy who didn't like Harry Potter. And this was like his first venturing into this. And it's like, that seems like an odd choice. Like, to, and he, he, he didn't yeah. have very fond words for it or anything but it was it's really interesting when you do that kind of review right if you're not a fan of the licensed title like should you review it like are you going to be biased because you're a fan of the ip or are you going to be more non-biased because you're disconnected from all that and just see it purely as a game i don't know it's it's a hard line to toe i think i mean go ahead akeem from experience i can speak from experience like um like i've reviewed uh like I reviewed the Sonic movie. Um, I, I, I had to kind of like, you know, take the whole, and everyone knows that I'm a huge Sonic fan, but I had to kind of like, I had to take that out. I had to look at this more, more objectively and not necessarily just be like, this is awesome because it's Sonic on the big screen. But I really had to kind of, I watched it twice um, just to make sure that I got, I got, you know, of course the first time I'm seeing it, uh, you know, taking notes. Second time I'm, I'm also taking notes. And I saw it after I wrote the review a third time, just as a fan with, with other, other, you know, enthusiasts, Sonic enthusiasts to kind of just really look at it more from like a fan's perspective. Um, but yeah, I feel like you have to kind of, you, you, you can't look at something, you know, just because you're a fan of it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you're going to have biases towards it. You just gotta, you gotta put that, that mm-hmm. critical mm-hmm. thinking hat on. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's, it's more or less, you know, for, for that person who, who's never actually, been i feel like you're more so at a disadvantage uh if you are like a huge diehard fan of the property mm-hmm. because like if it lets you down then you know i mean hopefully you're honest yeah. about it so know, like when it comes review. when it comes to licensed games like the license obviously does a lot of heavy lifting uh it can also be kind of an anchor that drags it down uh like if you come at a licensed game and it's something you absolutely adore and you have the highest expectations for a game based on this property you love then you might be especially hard on this game for not nailing it and conversely you might also be willing to forgive some you know technical hiccups or what have you because it is you know a good enough fan service for you know whatever it is that you're you're into uh and i, f- I feel like we all have kind of instances of both of those yeah where yeah. it's like Here's the thing I love. They made a terrible game about it, and I'm mad at it because it deserves better games. And then flip side, you're like, well, I'm, I'm pretty fond of this, even though it is a trash game. I just happen to like <laughs> blank. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I figured we could all kind of talk about some of our own our own personal ones. Josh, um, I, I, you, I believe you have a, a, a super bombad taste in games. Oh, yeah. Super bombad. Uh, I didn't even know that was like... I think growing up, I played this game called Star Wars Super Bombad Racing, which was a Mario Kart clone that came out after the Phantom Menace came out. So it was only focused on like Phantom Menace characters, Boss Nass, uh, Darth Maul, Sebulba, 
uh, and took place on those settings uh, and those planets. And I didn't know what a bombad was. I didn't question it until yesterday when I was thinking about this game. I'm like, what is bombad? Uh, they never explain it in the game. Uh, but you have to it, watch it's the movie. A, it's a Jamaican term. <laughs> is it? Oh, I'm you're Jamaican that. that up. <laughs> it's either that or bomba clot. Maybe I'm getting those two words <laughs> okay. confused. Yeah, All right. Yeah, That's you might be getting uh, them confused. I think it's a portmanteau of bombastically badass, which you know. Sure. Let's which, go with that. Yeah, boss ass with a huge head driving a small car. <laughs> Hard to disagree with that. I mean, I was a young kid playing that game, and it was like. Yeah, I played Mario Kart already, and I knew this wasn't as good as Mario Kart, but this was also the first time I was kind of really getting exposed to Star Wars outside the movies. Like, before I was just, like, watching these movies, I'd seen the original trilogy as a kid, and then, but, you know, The Phantom Menace was the first time it was, like, a Star Wars movie made for me in the way that it's, like... Made for, like, our generation. Right. Yeah. It was, like, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of Star Wars content was, like, mainly directed... Towards children, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say. I mean, it. George Lucas is on record saying that it has always been for 12 year olds. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And so this, that movie came out around that time for me. And so this was the first kind of media for me that also went like cross media. Uh, not only did I watch the movie, I could play the game and spend more time in that world. And without this game, honestly, like I probably wouldn't have like remembered most of these planets or characters because I kept like sinking time into that world. But the game is bad. It is very bad. But it's bomb it bad. is it is bomb well, bad. Bomb bad is good now. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it, maybe it's both. It's good in a way that uh, it got me into the Star Wars universe and like got me more of, of a fan of Star Wars and just gaming. You in know, general. a lot of people watch Star Wars and they they look at it and they think this movie is great, but these people all have w his heads that are way too small. I wish that Sammy <laughs> would remedy this. And then yeah, they gave them all little cars. I mean, it, I mean, that was the way I mean, big head mode was a big thing back in the day where like it was kind of a go to cheat. Goldeneye had it. Um, what other ones had? Big, I think Donkey Kong 64 anyways? multiplayer had Why it. Did those games have that. I the big head mode. Big, it was yeah, just I, I, I think I, I it was just a, I think it was just developers having fun and just giving like something just to mess around with. I think it was just like, you know, they were always back then we didn't have like downloadable content and stuff like that so developers were finding ways to like extend the play in their game like hey you played through this game once now you can play through it again in big head mode where it's easier to shoot the enemies in the head um and it's just funny looking it, yeah it's, it's just funny. great it's i just love funny i love big and head i think mode. It, like also big just... heads are funny looking josh is that what you're saying that's right now? hey yeah i'm not saying your head is big i'm just saying they are I funny mean, it looking is comparatively to everyone on <laughs> right now on, yes, on the yes. Podcast right you're now, in yeah. big head mode we did it. We put on a cheat code to make that happen. Uh, I, I feel like re there's like a few recent games that have had big head mode. There's I, one of the, I want to say Shadow of the Tomb Raider had that. You had to like unlock it. You I could get like low poly Lara. Yeah. You could have her with like big head mode and like rainbow trails and she'd be like running down a, a riverbed and look like a total cartoon character. And then she'd like trip and get impaled oh, by man. like a tree. And you're like, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> it's got like real blood coming out. Uh, anyway, talking about licensed games though. Um, Jada, you were you were telling us about yeah friendly uh, neighborhood disappointment so i mean you know our friendly neighborhood spider-man has he's, he's had a good run lately um but it wasn't always the case there was there was a dark time um i think spider-man 3 was probably the darkest of times um and it sucked because that was 
you know, coming off of the hype of Spider-Man 2, like three years prior, and it was one of the best Spider-Man games we'd ever gotten. And we're now it's like PS3 is launched. We're getting a new Spider-Man 3. This is going to be bigger. This is going to be better. Like we were justified. The PS3 was in the Spider-Man font. How could they screw that up? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like we were justifiably hyped for the next Spider-Man game. And no, no, taking you back to like time after the PS3 launch, there wasn't many like action adventure games like there was like genji fall of man or genji dawn of the blade dawn of the blade um fall of man is resistance fall of man i'm mixing the two together and those resistance fall of man which was an action fps there wasn't much that you got really like outside of that and so like we're like okay we know we're gonna get new playstation exclusives eventually but i mean spider-man i like i'm going to chance take a chance on spider-man and oh my goodness was this game bad it was buggy it was just not fun the boss battles were slow and just like not interesting um a lot of them just were like slugfests and like you just had to like how the spidey sense worked like you had to like um like it was like a gauge that would drain and you like could run out of it in the fights and stuff like that and so like you wouldn't be able to counter attack and it was just such a weird mechanic for spider-man to for his spidey senses and dodges to be like on a like a resource yeah um and they didn't do that in spider-man 2 right it's like they no. it's like if it ain't broke don't fix it but they like tried to change so many things i guess yeah and you know it's like it's just one of those things i, I gave it the college try and like you know it was one of those games where you know i really wanted to love it but like the mini games were bad i mean they were laughable laughably bad and we knew at that time most licensed games were laughably bad like we had seen so many come out that were just not good games yeah, but, but like spider-man 2 broke that like yes, that was exactly and it's one of those things where i i, I feel like the obviously spider-man 3 is not a great movie it has its charm but right. like yes. it that the the problem with that movie is that it jams too many villains into it and it's 100%. kind of all over the place too many villains is a good problem for a video game yeah like yeah. jamming too many villains into a video game that makes a that makes a fun video game you got like freaking Mega Man bosses after yes. a certain point and like spider-man 3 you know it had the framework of spider-man 2 to build on so like even if the movie sucked, I feel like you could be like it could be it can still be a good video game. Like they yeah. got this, and then they just kind of drop the ball there. Like, yeah. So, but you know, at least uh, it it taught me to you know keep uh you know look more into these licensing games before I bought them. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I don't have to worry about that as much with Spider Man with Insomniac at the helm. Thankfully, but uh, you know we'll see. Uh, they're making their third Spider Man game technically, so we'll see if they fall into the oh, trap yeah. somehow if you're, counting, if you're counting miles this is actually spider-man 3 technically mm -hmm. technically yes. yeah so i doubt it i doubt they're gonna drop the ball but you never know now Akeem, you the web ball don't <laughs> that's a move from the marvel versus capcom games all right fair enough yeah all right um yeah Akeem, what what are some what are some licensed games that you oh boy i mean i, I have quite a few i mean like i you Y'all already know, like, I love animation. And so, like, honestly, uh, like, I, I mentioned the South Park game that came out on Nintendo 64. Um, as now, well we as talking, we game. talking 64, like, that was, like, Goldeneye basically fighting against each other. We talking Chef's Love Shack because I had <laughs> my... <laughs> the, the, one, the one where you could pee on snowballs and throw them. Okay, regular 64. I got yeah. Chef's Love Shack for Christmas one year, and I was very disappointed. Um, really? I was disappointed because it was a trivia game about South Park is what it was. Um, the most disappointing part of it was my mom did not like South Park. So she made my grandfather keep it on his shelf until I turned 
to the proper 17 that was on the ESRB box. <laughs> and so I didn't get to play that game for like five years. And then I took it. I finally got to take it home and I played it. And, and I was it like, sucked? it was terrible. Oh, disappointed. Yeah. I was very disappointed. I should have put that well, as my. <laughs> in, in, the early, in the early days, a, a lot of the a lot of the South Park games were very disappointing. Like even the, yes. the one that I, I was mentioning, very disappointing. I mean, it was it was a first person. I mean, look at Oops. this. Like, how can any how can any child that's playing this game truly enjoy it? can't even see the character that you're playing as and all you're doing is throwing snowballs i mean it's it's the it's one of the early it's an early fps just without guns was this was this midway i think it was i I believe so i believe this uh, no actually huh i'm not sure i don't was it midway or like a claim or something like that claims yeah i was i feel like it was one of those i i remember this being kind of like neck and neck with turok in terms of draw distance Mm. but yep. they had they had fog and truck one thing i do appreciate wow that house is just appearing out of nowhere <laughs> well, i love that the the point of view for this is like you're actually a kid's height yes and so like mm. the the bottom of a school bus is like almost eye level which yeah. is adults are gigantic that's kind of a cool i like that idea i like big head mode you're like right there yeah, he's I got know. a big head it's funny I looking mean, I'll, I'll give i'll give midway some credit because uh, they've, they've also worked with adult swim on on licensed games and the one that i actually wrote about in our column is uh aqua teen hunger Force zombie ninja pro am uh which is a it's an action adventure slash kart racing game slash uh golf simulator which is just like three combinations that you would never think you'd ever see in any video game um and it was actually good I actually really enjoyed it. Of course, I'm, like I never played any golf game. This was my introduction to golfing, the golfing simulators. But one of the cool <laughs> things about it is, so what you do is you're, you're on a golf course, you, you hit the golf ball with like a sword um, or an actual, you know, putt, golfing putt, whatever you call those things, a iron, club. golf iron. Uh, and what Wand. you have to do is you have, as you're traversing the a golf broom. course, like, villains pop up and you have to defeat them as you're going to hit the ball to the next so you just have to like you have to play through there's just people on on the green and you have to fight them and get them out of the way look at you knowing all these golf terms yeah Yeah. i've I've seen happy gilmore twice uh (laughs) golf combat this game actually frightened me though um from actually playing golf uh because i mean you never know what's what's out there crocodiles i like that like aqua teen hunger force is such a like remarkably low budget show that making a game like that actually is like considerably better graphics on every level. <laughs> like it's funny that like the first South Park games were like I mean the 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 first person one that was that was like super high res compared to the show which was still construction paper at the time. Yep. And then fast forward and like eventually we got the you know the stick, um, of, truth. stick of truth and the fr- mm-hmm. the fractured um, butthole. Uh, and those like they created the whole engine. To, actually, I think that was running the the what is it snowdrop engine it's like the same engine as the division which is so funny but they they <laughs> yeah. went out of their way to make it like look exactly like the show and at that point it's like yeah a game could a video game system could like run circles around what it takes to make that it's basically a flash cartoon and like aqua yep. hunger force they just do that in i think after effects and they're just using like stock explosion stuff yeah. and yep um yeah that's, this that's was, part of the charm this is essentially like playing an episode of of the the television series again like if if you really enjoyed uh if you really enjoy watching aqua Teen hunger forest well th- this game is like just it's like you're just playing an episode essentially i totally slept on this one but i, lo- I used to love that show um but yeah I, it's I think coming it's, back baby is it it's coming back baby They're making a movie all right well they made a movie it's coming back as oh, yeah. a series now. i need they have like what 17 seasons of that or something but they're all like yeah I think anyway. it's one of adult swim's longest running uh originals yeah <laughs> 
Anyway, um, yeah, adult adult cartoons of the the comedic, not not, not the X-rated variety, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> those are, I feel like, frequently the case of very mismatched video game adaptations, especially when mm-hmm. they're like when they're big hits like set like South Park was. Uh, Adult Swim, I think, like less less guilty of that. But like, if you look at how many Simpsons games there were in the Ugh. early '90s, there's yeah. a lot like Virtual Bart and like was it Krusty's Funhouse. There's just like, a bunch of like really kind of yep. so-so or just like obscenely difficult games. And we got like the Konami beat 'em up, which is solid. But like, you know, that was just like, you know, Simpsons was a hit, and they were like, let's just make games, go go go, do it. And yep. like, that's kind of the thing we've seen change in how licensed games are created. Where like it used to be, if something was like a flash in the pan hit. They would tr- turn around a game, no, like no problem. Right. Like they would just yep. shop it around to be like, "We've got an idea for a game. Uh, we can palette swap in your characters." Right. Like I don't know. We have like a, like a. There's a action adventure game, and we can just literally put their models. We yeah. Put their models there's over a, our like, models. There's a freaking yeah. home improvement game. It's so. Uh-huh. It's, uh, yeah. Exactly. Like that's just I don't know. They didn't need to make that, but they did. Um, <laughs> and now it's like you know, fast forward twenty five, thirty years, and it's like so expensive to make a game that now it's like maybe you'll get like Fortnite skins mm-hmm. like yep. maybe you'll get like a mobile game but i actually i looked it up and like it used to be like like every big like genre blockbuster sci-fi superhero action whatever would automatically have its spider-man 3 like it would have its right. tie-in game yep and i looked at like marvel stuff to sort of get a kind of track this phase one of the mcu i think every movie in that except for avengers got its own dedicated console game yep we had hulk we had iron yep. man we had captain america yeah yeah, and they were oh, like, and Widow. I guess Black Widow didn't get one. No, that's true. But that's, yeah, she didn't get a movie until like last year. <laughs> yeah. Also, but so why are we surprised? Yeah. But, but um, yeah, no, I mean they, 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 I think they eventually had like a full Avengers game or something or other. But basically, Phase One, it was a whole bunch of different separate games, and then Phase Two, it was all dedicated mobile apps. Yep. And then wow. the last, I think the last Marvel movie to get its own standalone game was Thor: The Dark World, which wow. was like a mobile app, and then mm-hmm. it just stopped. And now it's like there was like a Spider-Man Homecoming VR experience for PSVR, I think. Yep. And like, yep. other than that, like that's all we and, and Lego Avengers. But like they didn't. It's just not worth it. You know, it's too much of a risk. It's too much trouble. And instead, you know, on the flip side, we're getting the 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 Marvel Gamerverse or whatever. We're getting like a dedicated Spider-Man game mm-hmm. that is a game outside of being. Yeah, we got the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which was on its own separate thing. Yeah, and what, what something that scares me about the sort of the new the new era of DC with James Gunn at the helm is that he's like, yeah, we're gonna tie in we're gonna tie in games to like the the cinematic universe, and it's like, mm. I think if I, the only way I can see this going, and I could be wrong, I don't can't see the future, or maybe I can, um, is <laughs> that the only way I can see it possibly working is if the story tie ins are side characters or just like plot overdriving like kind of plot and like it doesn't actually involve like the characters that you're playing as like you know suicide squad kill the justice league obviously that is before they're not going to do that with that one but like if they were to take that one because i don't know whatever other dc property they would make a game about right now i could see it if they just kind of like that was kind of the world and things that they were interacting with were part of James Gunn's universe for the DC, but like the game itself kind of like, like your actions and stuff were separate from that. Yeah. Like a sort of pocket, pocket dimension kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they have the whole Arkham verse. The, the, the thing with like game development, I don't know if James Gunn is forgetting this. It, it takes sometimes longer than movies. So I, I don't know how they'll be able to like tie in. Let's say you want to make a peacemaker game to tie into whatever you want to do with Peacemaker. Well, 
I mean, unless you're like making like a mobile game, you know, then I mean, like I, it's going to be a few years before we, we see that. And it ties into whatever they're doing with John Cena on HBO mm-hmm. Max. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reality is like game development has, has gone from it's like balloons so much. And like everyone knows about like the, the infamous like E.T. Atari 2600 game. That was made yep. by one dude in like a handful of months. It was, I think it was right. like six weeks or something. such a rush job. Yeah. And it was one guy. And yep. like that used to be, like that used to be it. Like it would just be like a team of two people would make an entire game. And now it's like, no, you're not going to like have one person. It's like, oh yeah. Like, like I mean, to <laughs> be fair, the we Galaxy do... Volume 3, make a game for it. Go. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's not and, Like happening. we do get like great games that are made by single and, do, uh, you know, teams of two from in Indies projects. But like for something that's like a prestige license type thing like there's just no way it would mm-hmm. it would and happen I mean, even those those teams of two are like it takes them years oh yeah right. you know like yeah. something gets shown off like alongside like the ps5 and i don't know it's still not out like what like little, little devil inside like indie games take a while because they don't have a massive budget behind them and it's like um i mean i would love to see more indie studios get a chance to play with like big licenses like this yeah same. um mike biffle got to make the john wick game and now he's doing a tron game which is like that's is it mike biffle tom biffle am i I think it's Mike. It's Mike. Mike. There's, a, there's yeah. a Tom's. Anyway, I'm anyway. Yeah, he's he's making that, which is cool. Um, yes. Um, finally, speaking of sort of licensed games that are near and dear to us, um, one of my favorites is uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which is an old like PC point and click LucasArts game that is it has the benefit of being like LucasArts, aside from some of their more bombad, you know, offerings, <laughs> they have the advantage of like being an in-house game studio for the the property likeness rights holders of like, I mean, you know, they effectively own star Wars and Indiana Jones. Like they can make those games without having to like wait around and, you know, find out if something is okay. And I'm sure, you know, George Lucas had to sign off on some stuff, but like that's, that gives them kind of a leg up to begin with. And also like, I mean, Lucas was funneling money into game development back when Hollywood was like, why why would you, who would do that games? Who cares? Ship it, make a super NES game based on the shadow starring Alec Baldwin. Why not? (laughs) But anyway, this game is, I looked into it. I like I played it as a kid and I loved it. And I don't remember even being particularly that at Indiana Jones. Like I was just like this game and like the movies are kind of like equal in my brain because I was like, they're both cool adventures. And like I had, I spent way more time with this because I owned it. Whereas I would just rent the movies periodically. Uh, and it's, I found out it's actually written by Hal Barwood, who's like a contemporary of Spielberg and Lucas. Like he worked on THX 1038 and Jaws and he was kind of kicking around ILM and Lucasfilm for a while. Like he went to school with those guys. And he was like, I want to make video games. And so he, you know, dipped over to LucasArts and made uh, the uh, Last Crusade game, which is very similar to this one. And then LucasArts was like, all right, that was pretty cool. Can you make an original one? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he dug up an unproduced script for what would have been Indiana Jones 4. And he was like, "Mm, not feeling this. I'm going to make my own. And as a result, we got this, which is like a phenomenal, like start to finish, like basically indie movie that just happens to be a game. And like, I played this, you know, back and forth when I was a kid. And then... I don't know, by the time, like, Crystal Skull came out, I was like, I don't know, it didn't, it, like, didn't hurt as much, you know, like, I guess, I, you, you know, already to... got your fourth Indiana Jones movie. Exactly, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, you know, the Star Wars prequels also kind of, you know, beat the shit out of me to a certain degree, but, like, I don't know, that was, that was coming from, like, reading a bunch of paperback novels and being like, I have an idea in my head of what Star Wars should be, and then it was like, oh, it's actually very different and much more bombad than I was expecting, <laughs> that's what I sounded like when I was 12. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also like, let's think about it. Like Indiana Jones lived in a weird spot in the nineties. Cause like star mm-hmm. Wars had its whole like Renaissance and they like had toys on the shelves. They had new video games. And like, there were a few indie games like, like this one, but like it didn't have, there's no Saturday morning cartoon. There was no action figures. It was kind of like, 
what when when is this from you know it's yeah 80s movies about the 30s I mean, honestly, like, uh, I didn't really, I didn't even watch Indiana Jones, I think, till 2000, I think. I was a very late to get into Indiana Jones. It just wasn't something that was put in front of me. Like, and I watched a lot of, I watched Star Wars, I watched Jurassic Park, I watched a lot of those other big cultural things during that time, but Indiana Jones just never came in front of me, and I just never cared about it. And then I had a friend who was like, okay, we're watching Indiana Jones, and literally we, he, we had like three weekends together, and we watched one each weekend or whatnot. And yeah. they're good movies. Yeah, I mean it's it's what we got gave us Uncharted eventually. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's sort of pulling back out. I think you know licensed games again. It's your your mileage may vary depending on what how much you care about the license. Uh, you know, for better or for worse. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess the good news is that games kind of finally figured out that it's like don't don't make a licensed game if you can't if you can't pull it off. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Harry Potter fans who are enjoying Hogwarts Legacy, we're happy for you. That's awesome. Now, moving on, let's talk about some romance options. Mm. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I brought my own Valentine today. Oh, no. I did. What? I did. I brought my own Valentine. Hopefully it doesn't fall apart on the way up. I brought my own Vincent Valentine. Vincent? God. <laughs> I brought my own Valentine. You Vincent Valentine brought, on Valentine's Day. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's my Valentine. He's got, he's, got his, he's got his nice little boom Is that stick. a Play Arts Kai? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So nice yeah. Little, has a little like, boomstick, like but yeah. his shoes there. That's Vincent, Vincent Valentine. Yeah, he's very, very pointy there, boots. There um, it is. That's so, yeah, you know. I well, no anyway. one told me that we were bringing Valentine's in. I yeah. would have totally brought mine in. Uh, you know what? You guys just aren't prepared, as most men probably are today. So uh, this is your wake-up call to remember a, that it's Valentine's I, Day. I, okay, I'm sorry. I should have remembered. I literally have a cardboard cutout of Jill Valentine in my basement. Uh -huh. Oh, in your okay. basement. Which, yeah, that sounds yeah, really yeah. great on what Valentine's is, Day, Akeem. Well, you clearly don't love it that much. Otherwise, you'd be on set with you. <laughs> what else is in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> what else? Yeah, what else is in there? The entire Valentine family. Christmas decorations, obviously. <laughs> oh. And yes, thank you. It's your holiday, it's right your holiday basement. Holiday basement. Okay. Yeah. Where uh, all your holiday stuff is. So... Some video games let you do kissing and smooching and romance and all sorts of stuff like that. We like to call those things romance options, which is the most like, I feel like that, that sounds like value menu. Like it's just got a very kind of like unsexy mm -hmm. clinical term for that. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's funny because it can come in all sorts of different, different forms. Uh, and I want to kind of talk about the different ways that games approach this and let you go on dates and do adult things sometimes. Um, let's just come in hitting hard. Let's talk about The Witcher 3. Uh, I mean, really, the Witcher games in general. Yeah. Those are games where you can do romantic things as Geralt of Rivia. Any strong feelings on this? Uh, I mean, you get basically nude baths. Like, yeah. it was, like, that, like after, I saw, after I took the first bath, I was like, oh, well, that's where this is going. Um, this is, this is going to, you know, have lots of romance, op romance options. I know they did, like, a really probably unnecessary amount of, like, sexy mocap for i think it was the witcher it might have been cyberpunk really kind of the same same general gist same of company things. um but what's funny is like I, I feel like there's there's the kind of there's the there's the sexy like horny stuff that happens there but there's also like genuinely really like lovely romance stories in yeah uh, and one thing i really love is that if you try to be too much of like a little randy horn dog they punish you 
Yeah. Like if you try to make Geralt like go after Triss and Yennefer, they both get mad. Like if you just if you screw up enough, and that's like one of my favorite things is when it's like you're like, ah, oh, yes, my ultimate fantasy. I'm living it out. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> it's like no, sir. There are repercussions. Cool it. <laughs> cool your jets over there. Um, yeah, another one that also like Bioware obviously is mm -hmm. sort of infamous for for these considerably um, less uh, X-rated than the the CDPR ones because you know it's a um, I guess not European studio. They're a little bit a little more puritanical over there. Uh, I loved like I loved in Mass Effect too. You, you know you could do all the dating and stuff, but there was one where it was like you could you could basically hit on your secretary like Kelly Kelly Chambers I think was that her name. Remember? I don't remember Mass Ke Effect 2. Kelly something. But you, you basically, you wound up like, you'd offer to like feed her fish. And I was like, it was one of those things where I'm like, you're pursuing this like relationship with somebody. Like you can also go like, I don't know, just bullshit with Seth Green for a while and be like, what's up, Joker? And he's like, hey man, how's it going? I think you can theoretically maybe romance him. I don't know. Okay. But like, you've got all these different characters you're like, ex you know, exploring relationships yeah. with. And like, this is this this lady who like you know tells me what my was on my agenda and she's like I'm holding your call Shepard and I'm like hey I'll feed your fish this weekend and I'm like are we dating I don't know what's happening there is this like is this going someplace and I think it was sort of implied but it didn't have like it didn't have like one of those like spicy like it's the sexy romance scene mm -hmm. oh they were like just office flirting I think basically. it was just I think it was just flirting like yeah. I think I mean like there there's you know they they do like the kind of the fade to black kind of like flashing scenes and stuff like that where you see a little bit like at least in mass effect one like i don't i've only i've literally only romanced liara i don't know why but she's always the one that i just end up romancing that's fair um but uh or maybe actually you know what i take that back uh i romanced tally a couple times as well but regardless uh yeah they had you know they did a little bit in between kind of that they kind of split the difference between not showing anything and showing i like that a bunch it's, of got, stuff. it's got like the sensibilities of like 50s movies where it just like cuts to like a train going into a tunnel. It's just like the power of euphemism. It just cuts yes. to black. <laughs> uh, I've never played Mass Effect games. And so like I'm curious. I mean Mass Effect I think was kind of one of the most notable games for like romancing options. Uh, and so I guess I was always curious as to how in-depth it was. And how much of it was like dating sim level of intricacy. Or was it just like... Oh, I know this is the it right was, option. I'm just gonna like it. Here's the it, Konami it, code, essentially. <laughs> like, get to bed with them. The Konami code for you know getting your romance on yeah. in games. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think it'll just it. It varied. Some of them were like some games will do it to where like you know having somebody in your party will build up like your, their you know their affection level to you. Mm -hmm. uh, some games will do it where uh, you know obviously choosing the right dialogue options, choosing their side in a about a, like not a battle but a clash between uh, two people arguing in the party. Yeah, uh, Mass Effect had that. Um, there was also. I don't remember if you're, I don't think your Paragon or Renegade level affected it whatsoever. Which is, which is weird. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm a mass murderer. Want to go on a date and <laughs> yeah. make out? And yeah. Like, yeah, why not? You know, yeah. I think, I think there are a few choices where like, if you were, if you choose to like wipe out an entire planet, you go, can't go on a date with Ashley something or she like wants that. to go on a date. I can't remember. Something <laughs> I like think that. It's, she does want to yeah. because she was like nicknamed the space racist is Red what flag, she was. You know, yes. sure. Yeah, uh, she, right. yeah, she does yeah, that, that do well with other aliens, even though she yeah, it's, lives in question. space. It's, like, it's, it's pretty in-depth. Like, it does a pretty good job right. of, like, having that in there. And I think that's what kind of surprised a lot of people because, right. like, previously it was, like, there was, you know, there's, like, dating sims, which are their own whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, maybe some romance options in, in RPGs here and there, but they're not usually that... Uh, 
I don't know, robust. Yeah. Dragon Age was another one that had yeah. that. It's another good one to hmm. go into. There's a lot of good romance options yeah. in the Dragon Age series. Um, Persona is a is a good one. I feel like Persona mm-hmm. 5. There, there's always that whole thing where it's like, who's you know who's who's best boy or like who's your waifu or whatever you know and it's nailed it i don't know here's yeah. uh here's what's her face from cyber cyberpunk who's like I, I she was i think she became my girlfriend because i helped her go scuba diving to find videotapes or whatever nice but i wound up actually like really loving this whole side quest because it, it felt like i don't know it's that's the that's the thing about like cdpr games is i feel like the side quests and the like the the stuff in the margins is infinitely more interesting than the overarching big story and I always loved it when it was like, you know, you're helping somebody, you know, you're helping somebody find their lost goat or, you know, you're going and f- scuba diving for videotapes or whatever. And you're it's forging like, a connection yeah. with those NPC characters. And I mean, that's really what romance and relationships are should yeah. be about yeah. is forging a connection with another person. And that's also I feel like that's more relatable. Or multiple like, people. A, a friend of mine, um, he has, says something I adore, which is which is that like it's like it's like murder. A thing that I have never done and hope to never do is something I have done countless countless times in video games whereas uh kissing making love things i've done at least 12 times and hope to do again someday <laughs> kind of uncommon not really a thing you do a whole lot so it's like it's it's kind of weird how how games uh skew what is and well, isn't okay it depends what kind of games you're playing yeah true true. <laughs> true um yeah persona i feel like is very much like it does have like romance stuff, but it, it often it's also like extremely like leaves it up to your imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, like you go on the carousel and it cuts to black, and it's like we're gonna are you gonna hold hands? I don't know what you're doing in there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, probably well, no, no. It's just it's mostly just conversation that you're having. It it uh, you know it builds up you know a character's affection uh, with you. Like the the first time I experienced it was uh, experienced love uh, in a video game was Persona. It was Persona Three, um, and that's when I realized that I, I guess a lot of jrpgs have like you know mm-hmm. ro- romantic side quests you can take which i, I think is it's pretty cool you know to have the, to go on a love quest like i didn't know that about mass effect 2 i might have to visit it uh just to check that out i mean you can even go back as far as final fantasy 7 final fantasy 7 had uh dating and romance options mm-hmm. like you get to the the golden saucer and depending on your choices from the whole part of the game leading up to that point determines on who you go on a date with and you know you could go end up with tifa you could end up with Aerith, you could end up with barrett if you did everything <laughs> hell yeah barrett <laughs> in a very you know strange way and it was great to just like get to that uh romance and just be like who am i getting this time what did i do and like nobody got who they thought they were gonna get on the first playthrough or who they wanted i mean i'm sure some people got lucky and did but like there's so many just little things that mm-hmm. you do like there's like little mini games and stuff you play through the early parts of seven and depending on how you how well you performed in those mini games that will determine if you gained affection or lost affection with people um crisis core had it with between zach and Aerith, and like you get to this one part and you have to like mix like uh oils for like a shampoo uh or not a shampoo but like for a fragrance for her for a perfume and if you don't like match or mix the the oils properly she's like oh this isn't very good and you lose affection with that's her. honestly that's that's a good sort of um i don't know sort of symbolism for actual dating yeah, is, yeah. Do, do your oils mix well i don't know yes and, and the, the way of putting it but and like the, the final fantasy games are very coy about it because they don't tell you there's no meter that says oh this person likes you a lot or your affection's higher this the only way you find out is if you're if you're actually like compatible if you like 
to get the trophy as well is at the end of the chapter this little kid runs by and he's like you're a great match for Aerith or he's like you know you, I didn't like you at first but you and Aerith are okay I guess and like you, that's your only kind of bearing for knowing that that's that's like, like so far removed from like any like just overt sex scene it's like a child runs up and tells you that you're in love thanks like keep it as friendly as possible it's so bizarre no it's it's cute I mean with, yeah. with like JRPGs and just really long RPGs when you're spending this much time with these characters anyway it's kind of cool that there is that option to have that stuff uh flourish conversely on the complete like idiot end of the spectrum saints row 4 has one of my favorite approaches to this where they basically just ripped off mass effect but instead of having to actually build relationships i think you just go and talk to people enough and eventually you can just bang everybody including the robot orb that you hang out with like there's just like an ai that's like a sphere and it's just like i don't know it does one of those things where you like only like oh i've always liked you and then it just like fades to black Red, can we get a clip of that? I think we have it. I don't know if yeah? it's in there. It's, no? It's, but yeah, Are you we can, allowed to show it? It's, it doesn't, <laughs> it, it. It doesn't right. show anything. It just shows you, like, I think you start to kiss a sphere. And then, you know, oh. you can also, like, make out with President Keith David or whatever. But it's, you know. I'm just going to imagine it. Here it is. There's oh. the orb. Yeah, okay. so. Yeah, Sid, the, ro- the robot. You just go in there and you're like, it's, yeah, it's just a large floating eyeball looking thing. And, and you. Oh, oh, it's actually, oh. oh. <laughs> slow down. Sorry. Should have, should, yeah. So it's pretty. It's not. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty spicy thing that happens All there. Right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I just. I, it's, you know it's, what? I will red, say. I'm very happy to see a woman in games getting some. Yeah. You yeah. know what, Liz? Uh, it's not often that you you get to see that. I'm happy to see a floating robotic sphere in games getting some. You know, it's <laughs> representation matters. Uh, all right. So shifting gears, but keeping with the very stupid uh, Valentine's Day theme here. Uh, We wanted to make the definitive IGN ranked list of the worst kissers in video games, according to, I think, mostly just me and Jada. I think we were the ones who kept adding stuff to this list, but let's... uh, He told me to stop. I had to stop. I mean, really, it was just basically just a list of survival horror enemies for the most part, but let's let's get into it. Let's start things off. Um, Easy one that comes up to, to mind is Nemesis. First of all... The name means your worst enemy. That's just not. It's like a very. Uh, it's a. It's a. Doesn't me- sound like you'd be very compatible yeah. with him, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, mm. he's he's got he's got stars in his eyes, but he wants to kill stars, and that's all he says is stars. Also, um, side note: there's not really much in the way of smooching lips there. Yeah, he's just no no lips. Kind yeah. of a. I think the term is like uh, gnarled rictus. It's just a very. Ooh. It's a very scary scary. Does he have a tongue? Yes, probably. I, think so. I can make it work. He can say he can say he can say words. So I would, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, so that's a start. So he can say he can he can do some stuff. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? 
One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. But um, one person who probably is not quite as well-suited, moving on, Pyramid Head. AKA the red triangle from Silent Hill 2, who not only doesn't have um, lips that I'm aware of, also just doesn't have facial features. Just a None big, that you can see, at least. Just a big, yeah. And right. I mean, really, you know, again. They have like long I mean, blonde hair underneath that. I mean, we don't know. to be fair, there is a, an, an air of mystery underneath yeah. that triangle um, that, some people, triangle. That, that some people might be into. Yeah. Keeping with the survival horror theme, this is actually a recent one. Uh, clickers, you know, the, the infected cordyceps people from The Last of Us. We are we probably, you could probably look at them from the game and be like, that is, nobody nobody should do any kissing with that. And then we got uh, it in the show. There we go. We got yeah, it we in the show. We got the, like, we, like we saw how that works. And yeah. you know what? It was like I said, uh, I don't know if I said it on the show before. It was kind of like a, you know, a Shrek Fiona kind of thing. Like, uh, just a little bit of magic that happened between. Uh, <laughs> I really wish we could just get one piece of media that doesn't involve you comparing it to Shrek. It's just, I feel like it keeps yeah. happening. Uh, just... You know what? I'm not even who, that big. Who would on... be Shrek in this situation, by the way? Uh, the Tess would be Shrek, I think. Sure. Right? She sure. truly is the Shrek of Last of Us characters. No, no. I guess Shrek would be the clicker because Fiona, okay. I don't know. Okay, so really, I think we can just apply sort of blanket logic here as far as kissing goes. Probably, for the most part, good rule of thumb, if they're an enemy in a survival horror game, probably not a great kisser. So let's just probably avoid this. this survival horror games in general should not be kissing. I'm kind of into this one, though. So stop showing this picture. Show the different picture. No, no, no. Picture. I kind of, you know, I think this has awoken something in me. <laughs> what? What is that? The, something clicked. Well, something clicked. Mine. You can head on down to the Safeway and <laughs> no, get not yourself some. Uh, there's the. That, that, stop showing the mushroom kissing. We don't that want is, to get uh, out of here. That looks mushrooms. like a. That looks like a boudoir shot. That's yeah. Just that's like oh, yeah. a. 
Oh boy. Um, so yeah, no, just no survival horror enemies. Let's do that. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that also includes Lady Dimitris. Um, she's a very pretty lady. I think some people on the computer want to kiss her, according to the drawings they did that show up in my now, search man. engine. Nope, she's too tall. Just yeah, just too tall. She's too tall. And I say this as someone who's already too tall. When I when I married my beautiful wife, we had to have a little step stool that she stood on to give me a smooch at the altar. Aw, this true story. It's adorable. Wait, yeah. How tall is Lady Demetri? She's like, like nine, nine feet, feet. Nine foot six. Yeah. Which is the reverse sex number, I think. Oh, it's pretty tall. Yeah, I mean, if she had to like crouch down for me, I, maybe that'd be cool. Well, also yeah. she's she's got a big Freddy Krueger leaf rake hand, so yes. she'd probably try to kill you anyway. So let's not let's just you know let's rule her out or whatever. You can kiss her. I don't care. I'm not your boss. This isn't a definitive list. We got PSVR two coming, and you can make that <laughs> yeah. dream come true. See how tall she is. The for power real. of mods. Okay, I'm gonna make a bold decision here. Kratos is probably not. Mm. I don't think he's a kissy man. Hmm. I think okay. He's first of all, he's angry a lot of the time. He's a very mad man. He's very he right. yells a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. Second, he's a dad. He's probably got to take care. You know, he's got to take care There's of Atreus. No he's got that to do. He also has a scratchy beard, and he probably he's always eating that hot dog soup with those with those uh, trolls. So like, I don't know. Maybe he's got bad breath. I don't know. Just a hunch. I he's gotten like, at least two women. He's done at least one or two kisses in his life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and there's also in the the God of War sex minigame as well. Yeah, I, I don't think there was yeah. much kissing going that's, on in that minigame, though, yeah, to be fair. You yeah, know what? They I cut away, wrong. I imagine, mostly kissing. That's what I'll say. I think they leave it to your imagination. And also, it's yeah. probably too hard to animate convincing <laughs> kissing while also screaming with anger. Mm -hmm. um, total end of the spectrum here, Fall Guys. Fall Guys um, don't really look like they would be good at kissing on account of they don't have mouths, but they do actually. We got to look at their anatomy. Yes. The developer yeah. put out um, the inside of. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they they have little mouths, but they're located behind the eye sockets. So um, and if you're just listening to the audio of this show, I want to I want to um, say that you're probably better off because you don't have to see an X-ray view of the Fall Guys. That really is frightening. crazy. They have, they, it looks like a it looks like, like a chicken. A, yeah, chicken neck. It's if you awful. were to romance a fall guy, how would you go about it? Like, how would you like it's butt stuff? Right. Oh, it's all butt. It's stuff. all butt wow. stuff. Okay. I was gonna say <laughs> like maybe okay. I would get like a like a big Valentine's heart box made of like foam, and then you yeah. open it up, and there's a spring inside that like punches it in the face. That seems like something they would be into. Oh, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. I would. I would be a, a Valentine that says, "I'm falling for you." Oh. That's how I would do it. Now nah, I'm going for butt stuff. Okay. We anyway, let's shift. All right, let's get medieval with Dan from Medieval, who probably doesn't have a jaw. He doesn't have. He's got. He's a little bit mandibularly challenged in that vicinity. Uh, oh, just a skull of but the upper part. But I'll tell you what. If you like, uh, you know, chicken drumsticks, he's your man. He's got. He's got those at the ready for you. Yeah. Who doesn't love the. Eating ribs horizontally. That's what those teeth look like. Just really, I don't, I don't, we don't, I don't want to kiss. Wait, he has a, he has an open eye socket though. Yes, that yes. too. Yeah. Okay, let's there change that. That's an orifice. Really, that's really, an orifice you can really change. He is, he is, he is there for, he's okay, there for, right. honestly, Dan this is there for the dudes. It's not that bad, Max. Okay. There's, you got holes There's in potential. these yeah. You can just go up to that eye socket and go. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Just oh, like man. that. Yeah. Just, yeah. just blow into it. Just kind of, yeah. you know, you know, just kind of caress the inside kissing. of it. Here comes medieval kissing. Little... It's a whole new thing. An eye socket. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> no. All right. Let's shift gears here. Oh, that's going to be a bleep. Good heavens. <laughs> uh, so the, with the, with the Witcher, Sorry. CDPR, they love to do all sorts of kissy sexual stuff in those games. But there's also the Noon Wraith, 
who is a scary lady who lives in a field and has an enormous plenty of tongue. Do, too much tongue. That's plenty of tongue. Too much tongue. No, I just think of you know that there'd be some people very happy with extra maybe, tongue. Yeah. Well, also um, it's mm-hmm. too scary. That is so, a is a it is a, a almost a delicacy in certain people. Okay. Certain people. All right. Well, yeah. speaking of and, delicacies, and this, the noon wraith also has two open skull eye sockets. Eye sockets. I call them skull holes. Yeah. Okay. Skull holes. Skull holes. Skull holes. Yeah. 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 Sure. Fair enough. Um, Not that bad. On a similar note of people who uh, live in fields and have long tongues, there's the goat from Goat Simulator, who uh, some would agree has way too long of a tongue. I don't know why they added that to that game. Does that... It's got like the frog I tongue. I think goats. Yeah, I think they normally have long tongues, but not this long. I don't think they do. Yeah, they don't have like really? frog tongues like that. Like, what does that tongue even do? And How it's like long it's is a goat's tongue? Around a farmer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can grab onto anything in those games with your tongue. I think I don't think goats have long tongues because if they if they did, they'd be able to like grab stuff out of trees. But instead, they climb up in trees to eat stuff. The yeah. point is, why are you kissing a goat anyway? Why would you? That's do true. That? Yeah, I'm not. Don't kiss the goat. Yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna. I'm out touch on that, that one. Don't kiss the I'm goat. Not touching that. Um, all right. Speaking things up. Speaking of too much. <laughs> stop. <laughs> okay. Red pulled that, up a video of a goat uh, lapping up water. some water, and that is a long. That is a pretty long tongue. It's like a dog's tongue. Okay, it's a I think longer, it looks like we're yeah. going to be going for a long episode today after all. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. No, it's good. We got the we got the goat licking the water in there. It's amazing how that would like that just ready to go. Um Melina from Mortal Kombat. Uh my personal favorite. Definitely screwed up my Google search results by typing Melina kissing into on my work computer. <laughs> That's not great. Uh she's got the big teeth and the big tongue and no lips. No lips, but I yeah. That's why she wears a mask. Hmm. Yeah. Um, she, I think she probably has horrible breath. Yeah, that smells like back uh, like Axe body spray because she just ate Johnny Cage. Probably yeah. That's my theory. Yes, I mean if you're playing Mortal Kombat as Melina and you're fighting Johnny Cage and you don't devour him, why are you even playing mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat? Um, Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say that she might have decent breath because those teeth look very healthy. They do actually. And she to probably be fair. practices good dental hygiene. I yeah. imagine she'd okay. have to with chewing through bones maybe, and cartilage. And maybe everything. she just ate yeah. Sub-Zero and it's like one of those gum commercials where <laughs> she just has like a frosty breath. It's like a Listerine strip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the real question. Sub-Zero, is he a uh, peppermint or wintergreen? There's the real question. Uh, wintergreen. Speaking of bad breath, uh, Siegmeier from the Dark Souls, the big onion man. There's no question about it. Get a look at this guy. You are what you eat. And this guy looks like he eats a bunch of onions. Do we have the image of him? Where's that man? Big ol' onion man. We do we not. Don't, what, we, we don't have it, but just, show me some hearts uh, for to, to my, cover up. Where's my man? Anyway, we, we're missing a picture. You all, it's the onion man. We're doing a great job onion here. Man. All right. Next up, we got the green angry bird. Um, Max's personal favorite. What did I write in my notes here? I wrote, because it is angry and also a bird, but the green one specifically seems sexually inexperienced. Oh, not sure why I wrote that. I, like, I guess <laughs> he looks like one. Yeah, he looks angry because he doesn't get any. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, this is a this. Uh, I think it's a bold choice. Some people would want to kiss this particular character, but the 2008 Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG Gullwing, which was, I believe, the cover model for Gran Turismo Five, Whoa. maybe. One of those ones. Let's there see it this is, baby. Valentine's Ooh, yeah. Red, right there. I'm okay to give that give that a kiss oh. if it's going to give me a ride. I don't think you should kiss it because it's going 130 miles an hour. Uh, I, it, you know what? It's if, got brakes. If I, it's got brakes. If, I like if it's going to take me for a good ride, then I'm, I'm all for it. I yeah. think it's going to break your heart because oh. it's, it's too fast. Oh. Uh, Duke Nukem. Throwing it out there. 
Uh, too much bubblegum or not enough bubblegum? That's actually a great question. I think he's I, always out of bubblegum, right? I, yeah. I'm going to so, say that him being out of gum is an excuse that he uses because he's very shy and doesn't, he's actually never kissed anybody. And he's, he's afraid that his breath he doesn't, stinks. He doesn't know what French yes. kissing is. He keeps Googling it on the school library computers and he doesn't get any answers. <laughs> he's blocked. He's confused. Yep. And he's really, he's, he insists that he's the ultimate lover, but he's also scared to learn what French kissing is. Yeah. So he's probably closing his eyes under sunglasses anytime a woman approaches him. I think him. so. Yeah. yeah. Look at how nervous he's he is. Super nervous in that He's picture. really yeah. nervous. Yeah. He's yeah. terrified. Can we, can we enhance, get a closer look at Duke Nukem? A thing that nobody wants to hear on a video enhance. show. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to the audio, congratulations. You don't have to see a picture of Duke Nukem. Oh. There, oh, he there he is. There we go. That's that yeah. Yeah. Now that biting Whoa. that upper lip look at that duke nukem Her bottom they, lip they uh modeled that character after a real Ooh. human man Ooh. <laughs> anyway uh finally yeah, this I was like a that. divisive topic sweet tooth from twisted metal a murderous clown with um hair that's on fire see i i'm down for the, the hair on fire i'm down for the fact that he probably has ice cream because that can kind of like balance it out the hot and cold but the clown part just is it's a it's a no for me because of the clown <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i'd ever kiss a clown period you don't want you haven't you know you don't want to do that and just get all the That's, makeup yeah. like you know what that could be kind of cool i'm with you on that maybe you don't kiss the clown maybe the clown has an ice cream truck so why not just eat some ice cream maybe sweet tooth has some chip witches and if they get you get them and they're too hard and they hurt your teeth to bite into them, just hold them near his head because it's on fire and you can melt the ice cream exactly a bit. the hot and cold yeah it's, it's like a wet s'more what could go wrong <laughs> anyway those are our definitive list of the worst kissers in video games um let's uh yeah, let's keep going. Uh, not with the kissing, with just the st other actual stuff, real, real stuff. Jada, you played a new upcoming game called Pacific Drive. Drive. I almost yes. said Rim, and I was like, they made a game about that. I, <laughs> I think they did make a mobile Pacific Rim game. Yeah, but not a full-blown movie tie-in. Yes, not exactly. No, yeah. exactly. You anyway, know, just tying um, it back missed together. Opportunity. So tell um, us about Pacific Drive. Pacific Drive. Ah, uh, gosh, this preview was—it was a hands-off preview, so I didn't get to actually get behind the wheel. Um, I was stuck to the passenger seat. Yes, there's going to be a bunch of those puns. It's Valentine's Day. You have to deal with it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I got to sit in the car uh, and just kind of watch somebody else play, and. Essentially, it is a survival road light, not a rogue light, but a road light is what they're uh -huh. calling it. Um, and so essentially, um, if you remember the trailer from Sony's state of uh, play, like back in September, um, when we first saw it, uh, there's this like storm going on in this forest. You don't, it's kind of like this air of mystery going on. And so you get these like transmissions over the radio and you're like trying to figure out where what's going on in this spooky forest um and so you have to drive the station wagon through it the thing is there's all these anomalies that are happening as you progress through these uh through the zones um that are doing everything in their darndest to stop you from getting there um there's you know you sell the buzz saws that are like you know, size of your car running through, that's at least going to give you a flat tire. Um, there's like, I saw pillars of earth that would jump out to, that would knock people off the road. Um, there's like little creatures that you saw that can do damage to your car. Um, and then uh, there's also like these little spores that aren't in the trailer that I got to see, um, but their artwork wasn't finished yet, but they literally would kind of like sticky hand grab onto your car and yank your car around. And you'd have to like park, get out, and rip them off your car. Um, but they could also grab like your door or your uh, your hood and just like kind of rip it off and then fly away 
with it and you'd have to go chase them down to get the parts back for your car can you like craft new parts if yes okay so yeah on the you have a garage you can go to you can craft spare parts and keep in your inventory you can also craft stuff um on the go from the back of your station wagon um you have a little crafting center there you get this little tool to break down other like uh broken down vehicles on the side of the road to get more resources to craft things so if you need to you know craft a new tire you can you know break a tire off of something else get the rubber and then make a tire um, because video yes video games are great <laughs> like that um and you know if there's nothing like right there on the road you can go off on foot and adventure um but you have to manage a lot of survival resources you could your uh your you know gas for your car you got to make sure your battery's charged you got to make sure you have the supplies to repair everything every time you fail sends you right back to the garage to make repairs or upgrades to for the next trip um the cool thing is there is going to be like a lot of um, options to kind of tone the survival elements. So if you want it to be very extreme or if you like, I don't want to deal with remembering to put gas in my car because that is a dream we all wish for. Um, you can just turn off uh, that, that or at least reduce the effect of needing it. Um, but it looks really cool. I'm really excited for it. It looks super chaotic. Um, and that's something I love in these types of games. Uh, because it doesn't matter how prepared you are. If something is chaotic enough, it's going to surprise you. Um, and I think it's going to give us a lot of surprises. Um, so, How did the, the driving look? Did it look like pretty mad? Because most of the time when I'm driving in video games, I am a terrible driver, and it's I suck ass at it. So The, the driving looked fine. It's hard to tell without actually getting right, hands-on yeah. to feel, uh, to get an actual feel for it. Um, uh, but I mean, it definitely feels like I saw a tornado kind of, or not like a tornado, but a really high wind kind of just take the car and move it literally horizontally off the road into the forest okay. because the wind was so strong. So you actually might not even matter how good of a driver you are because hmm. you might just be at the, you know, you're just like along for the ride. You're along for the ride. Yes, exactly. So what's the sort of level structure? Like, like it's. Is it open world or is it wide, really wide linear? Like, so what is it? yeah, it's kind of like a wide linear. There's like different paths and stuff like that. You'll have like a like a map, and then as you venture further and further into the zone, like you'll have like routes that you develop. Um, and as you get further in, you'll find shortcuts to help you know get to them. So if you fail a run, you can get back to the further biomes because there's five biomes. Now, are you trying to, to just get from point A to point B, or are you trying to like? back backtrack back and forth or is so, it is it really just kind of forward momentum it's forward momentum but every time you get to like uh there's these things called like anchors which are these like magical orbs and essentially if you saw in the trailer there's like those that giant pillar of like orange and red light um that is kind of like your warp point basically you have to get into that so like once you find the anchor and rip it out of that zone it creates this like almost battle um um battle royale arena kind of of light that kind of like starts shrinking and burns um so you have to get to the warp point and that warps you back to your garage so you can refuel resupply and then you take back off you warp back and you can continue further huh. oh interesting it's like so fast travel yes. in a way but not as like it's not like whenever you want exactly you I have see. to you have to earn it got it that's cool so, yeah akeem you, you sounded like you had a question well, yeah, I, I was just looking online. I was trying to find out because I feel like this game is like the perfect candidate for, you know, VR. So I was just curious if it, oh. or if this might be. Uh, they VR, didn't they told you anything. They or... didn't say anything around VR. Um, they did just announce it was going to. I think they added it to Steam and Epic on top of PlayStation Five, um, which is cool. Um, I'm. I, I, yeah, no, I, I think it would be great in VR. I think it'd be a, a yeah. perfect candidate to kind of add to it because it's. A, it's all in first person, um, and it 
you know, getting that first person view in a car, like in a VR headset, I think would be really cool. And we're already getting that with like GT. So makes sense. Um, the one thing I did ask them for is, um, I want my PlayStation wagon because that's just makes sense. It's come to PS five. Give me a PlayStation wagon. I mean, I love how like retro this station wagon looks. I'd love to see it with like some classic kind of gray, you know, PlayStation plating on there. Yeah. Like I can't wait. It looks very like it's, it's much more sci-fi looking than i expected it mm-hmm. looks like the ghostbusters vehicle essentially there's like, that has been like the number one comments on like my preview yeah. and stuff was like give me an ecto-1 skin for this like asap <laughs> i want to pay money to drive the ecto-1 through this so right. the, the gameplay that we're showing off here it looks extremely action-packed are there like did you get a sense that there's kind of moments of quiet like that it kind of dies down a little bit or is yeah. it like a constant kind of yeah i mean there's times where you just kind of be you know kind of like chilling and driving through to get through point but like the thing is is the the runs are all procedurally generated so like the locations are not oh interesting but the anomalies and what happens in those locations are procedurally generated so you don't know what you're going to get so even if you've passed hmm. through the same zone multiple times chances are you're not going to see the same you know thunderstorms or razor blades or irradiated mess or whatever that's there um and then the more times you pass through the same zone within a, like a short period of time it ramps up the anomaly like the the, the zone that you're in you're adventuring through i guess gets pissed off and it's like hey stop coming here um hmm. go further into the game this like I'm, I'm torn on this because i'm typically not wild about like procedurally generated stuff or roguelikes roguelites whatever but i've loved the idea of a like a road trip game because mm-hmm. i feel like we so often get open world games where there's like you know point a to point b to point c to point d like moving around like final fantasy 15 was like so close to being this but it had you kind of like looping around on a big open map. Right? Yeah. And like, I feel like I've the closest that's come to kind of scratching this itch has been like Metal Gear Solid Five, where like you have to go from like one base to another and there's kind of a, a sense of like, oh, this is actually, I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing really going on. And then you hit like a roadblock and you're like, hold on, I got to stop down and like figure out a way around this. Mm-hmm. And like Far Cry 6 did that a little bit. They added mm-hmm. the, the sort of roadblock stuff. But I don't know, like the idea of there being like taking, you know, taking an open world map and just like stretching it. Yep. And having some parts where it opens up it's and kinda, some parts where it's really narrow, but like, I don't know. It's kind of like Death Stranding, but you had to build your own roads and your own right. cars and everything. Like, it was kind of like Death Stranding kind of became that do-it-your-own-self mm-hmm. kind of road trip kind of game if you wanted it to be that. that yeah, that also kind of scrapped. But yeah, this this seems yeah. really neat. I love the idea of like your your car being sort of your your mobile base at the yeah. same time like the fact that you can how like how far can you go from it like if you get out of the car can you just like uh, you know what i didn't ask about i don't think there is a distance but the thing is is like your when you, your car and you are kind of like in a symbiotic relationship to where like you can't survive out there long on your own because of all the creatures and stuff that are out there or other hazards that happen from the weather and anomalies um your car is what protects you so you have to regularly you know keep your car in tip-top shape um by replacing the parts upgrading and stuff like that otherwise um you know you might just find yourself stuck out in the storm was was there much in the way of story or is it kind of like ambiguous like it's very ambiguous but there are they said that there's going to be uh you'll hear things like on the radio you'll find like notes left in the woods and stuff like that as you're like exploring on foot that kind of fills in a lot of the story i think it's going to be a lot of kind of not to the level of like a souls game where you have to fill in all the story on your own um but to the degree of you have to go and look for the story um at least from what i got to see in like my 30 to 45 minute preview that i got for this game there might be more elements to it later that they haven't shown yet um we still don't have a a firm release date um it's still just set for 2023 sometime 
I'm hoping we get it before the end of the year because um, it's definitely on my list to pick up and play. Nice. What about like let's talk more about sort of combat. It definitely seems like one where you don't really want to try to stand your ground too much. But... Yeah. So they said there wasn't really there's not really combat focus. It's not focused on combat like there are you have like tools that you can use to remove the creatures that are attached to your car but it's a nice I, way of saying weapons but yeah i wouldn't I, they wouldn't go as far as saying like it's a weapon like i mean anything could be a weapon like you could take the flare and like hold it up to somebody and let right. and burn them that's a weapon um but they said it you have ways of like you know defending yourself to keep your to keep things off your car that attack your car and stuff but it's not really a mint to be mm-hmm. that's not the main function of that tool that's cool but you can still totally run stuff over with your car if you need to right most likely yeah okay i hope so and when it comes to the car customization as well i'm curious if it's mm-hmm. like just linear upgrades or do you think they ha- do they have like specific builds that you can have so there's like a bunch of different like upgrades that will give you different um bonuses based on what you feel like you're going to need for mm-hmm. different zones and stuff like that and one may protect you from ir- from radiation Got there's it. other ones that you know may protect you from the heat there's other ones that can um which we call are just more durable for physical impacts to your car mm-hmm. um and then i believe there's like there'll probably be other things that are, have like radar focus to like search and find and notice things more light so you can Got see it. better that type of stuff i think it's kind of a the situational big, yeah like, it's more situational Got upgrades it. and what you feel like is going to work best for when you're traversing the tricky part again it's procedural so you just kind of have to hope hmm. what you build is best for that area but like i'm sure different biomes will you know you'll know like after you play it a bit you're like oh i need more radiation resistance for this biome because this is a heavier mm-hmm. radiated area the driving totally like reminds me of far cry 2 it which does is, which is like divisive because that was the one where you'd be like looking at your phone while you're driving yep. and figuring out where the blood diamonds were or whatever <laughs> yep D- D- taking was there... your malaria shot yeah. or whatnot and like just pulling stuff out of your arm with pliers but yeah yep. <laughs> um was there is there like in-game like HUD that you saw at all, or is it all kind of like built into the actual like? Uh, there is some. There is a uh, well, actually, you know, everything like station wagon, like you have like a little console inside, and that tells you like all the damage on I your different that. parts and stuff like that. So that's all built in. Um, I didn't see any HUD. I believe there are. I believe, and don't quote me on this, there might be options for HUD options if you want it that way. But it's kind of like they're they're really looking at this as playing it the way you want to play it so you can kind of turn stuff on and off that to your sweet preference and i'm assuming there's no there's no dialogue in the in the game all it's just uh there is the so the um i imagine the main character will speak a little bit and stuff like that and kind of make kind of like kind of random things but i didn't hear any during my preview um they also said that the the character you're playing as is like nameless and kind of faceless because they don't want you to feel like oh i gotta get attached to dave because dave's the character um i'd rather you know rather it be me and so that's what they're going for so you can kind of tell your own story um and it's really about you know connecting with your car and finding that bond with your car um but the car doesn't talk to you not to my knowledge yet honk (laughs) probably like herbie um it does develop there there will they did say it will develop like quirks like if anybody who's had like an older car will will know this that you know if you get an older car sometimes if you turn on the radio it also turns uh, on your windshield wipers no oh yes yes okay that's super or funny. like you know you honk the horn and like the window like goes down a little bit or something like that like it'll have all types of weird quirks and stuff that will develop and it'll make you more attached to your car because of those quirks very interesting so i'm so, I'm so happy that the character is nameless because i just i imagine this is michael knight 
what what he did after he left Kit behind. And, <laughs> and just he's wanna... he's just haunted by finding like sentient he's type cars, slumming it with <laughs> yes. a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, basically, the opposite version of this game would be a game where you make the Final Fantasy uh, characters do dances to like little tiny music things with the buttons. Yes, which is, you reviewed Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. Yes, I yeah, I just finished. Uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Barline, my review at the, I mean, I finished it, finished it over the weekend. Um, it is a musical rhythm action game with some light RPG elements. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10 on IGN. Um, it is an amazing game. It's got 385 freaking songs in the base version that I played through all of them. Um, and it, my fingers still hurt. Um, but... If you ask me what I'm going to go home and play after work tonight, I'm probably going to play more of this game. Um, the songs are all fantastic. They have amazing new uh, medleys and arranged special arrangements for a bunch of the songs. Um, there is uh, over 100 different Final Fantasy characters to build your party from across 29 different Final Fantasy titles. Um, technically, there's more than 29, but they kind of group like Final Fantasy 13-2 and 13-3. They group into one thing um and so but that yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff there's songs from stranger of paradise last year which i reviewed there's songs from uh final fantasy four heroes of light mystic quest chocobo dungeon what? um all the mainline final fantasies 1 through 15 final fantasy 14 has 32 songs that you have to clear in their story mode called series quest um which really was like i was put it off for so long i love final fantasy 14 but i put it off for so long because i was like 32 quests before I can move on to the next um, one uh, is a long time to spend on one set how, of music. How long did you did that take you? To... 40 hours. It took me 40 hours to run through okay. the 385, eight, 385 songs. I think I played a total of 445 or something like that, and I failed about 60 songs when I... Uh, out of that average um, because I was messing around with different difficulties... Each song has four different, not every song, but most songs have, every song has three difficulties at least. Some have four, which is like the Supreme, which just has crazy notes everywhere. And I was not prepared for it. My fingers were not, um, did not have the uh, stamina left for those crazy songs, but I still tried a few of them and I died very fast. How many theater rhythm games have there been? There have been four, technically, three Final Fantasy and one Dragon Quest that okay. came out those were all ds games which were all touchscreen this is the first time they've moved to a like actual home console so they changed the the gameplay a bit because now it's all button presses um because you'll see like on screen that there's sometimes there's double prompts so you have to hit the same time or you have to hold and then slide the, one of the analog sticks you didn't get that in the ds because it was all stylus controlled so mm -hmm. you'd just be flicking the stylus did you did whatnot. you play those as well too i or? did i did play those ones um the i actually booted up the 3ds one uh curtain call uh theater rhythm curtain call uh while playing this one and kind of matched up some of the songs to it to and synced them up to see if they how similar they were they had some a lot of similarities but they also rearranged a lot of the prompts and changed the buttons on them so it's a new experience for even somebody like me who's played a lot into these games um i also played a little bit of the online for it which has like kind of a competitive versus mode up to four players um where you're basically all playing the same song same difficulty um and it's whoever gets the highest score wins um the trick is, is there's a mechanic called bursts um to where as you hit notes you fill up a gauge and then you launch some type of attack 
on your opponents. Um, and it's anything from like shrinking the notes of your opponents, swapping HP with your opponents, uh, freezing their point gauge so they can't gain points until they hit enough perfect criticals, um, and giant chocobos like covering like 90%, 75-90% of your screen. Like so you, like, like you, can, you do, yeah. Yes, okay. you know, sure. fat chocobos, that's what they do. They okay, get in that's, the way. that's cool. That's kind of like the, I don't know, I love that, I love that griefing in competitive puzzle games where yes. it just like makes, it just makes the other person's it's, life worse. It's just, very much like Super Puzzle Fighter 2 yeah. Turbo or Tetris when you clear a bunch of Tetris lines. It's kind mm -hmm. of that same idea. And there's also co-op, isn't there? Yes, so there's a pair mode uh, where basically it takes everything and it splits all the, uh, the lines in half. So you play each other person as a controller, player one controls the top two lines, player two controls the bottom two lines. Um, and so like I did a... Supreme song. I think I did. What was it? It was like a final one of the Final Fantasy 13 songs on Supreme at like level one, like first song right out the gate. I was like, okay, let me. I gotta test this. I gotta put the J to test C. How can I do? Can I do this on the hardest difficulty right off the bat? I died probably like 25% into the song by myself. Um, I popped it in co-op, played it with my partner. We cleared it first try. We only had one HP left, but we cleared it, which nice. is which was really cool. So um, it's great for that. There's also a simple mode where it removes the the flicks for the analog sticks and makes everything single button prompt. Regardless if it's red or green, you just have to push one button. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it makes it more accessible for people who may not be able to have that. Uh, manual dexterity yeah. but want, want to of... enjoy the final fantasy music yeah, yeah. nice all right so moving on uh hbo's the last of us continues to be a show that we're all watching i feel like this last episode was like kind of the best of all worlds in terms of what the show's doing like it was really kind of going on on all cylinders yeah, yeah. it kind of gave everybody you know a lot of the naysayers who've been complaining there's not enough infected or zombies or whatever like well there you go there's all your infected in one episode um and i i I loved what they did with the the bloater. Like that was. That's really all I want to talk about is the bloater. That's that's. I mean, it's Valentine's <laughs> Day. Like, <laughs> let's talk about you know the bloater. So like, I, I saw like um I had I had like early early screeners of this where they had like unfinished effects and it was like I was like oh god the bloater's gonna show up and it, the first shot that's in the trailers where it's like coming out of the ground it looked super finished and great and then the shot after that where you see the full body was basically like not rendered so it just looked like a ps1 enemy coming out and i was like oh. <laughs> um, but yeah no, it's I, I i god i love that thing it's such a such a goddamn cool design you know what honestly i would actually like to see a show with unrendered visual effects as like the actual that's actually what like people are seeing kind of like that's what they're to be afraid of is the unrendered effects you should watch birdemic I feel like that's a good... <laughs> yeah? Just, it's just like clip art birds killing people. Yeah. It's very bad. Okay. Josh, what did you think of this episode? Oh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic, like, how they adapted uh, Henry and Sam's storyline, mm -hmm. really giving them a little bit more backstory, uh, making Sam deaf, or was it Henry? Sam. Sam, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a really nice touch. Like, something that wouldn't translate well in the game, I think. It'd be harder to have, like... A deaf character like walking alongside you and you don't have those background conversations as easily yeah. but in the show it really added like it added to the quiet moments it added to like the intimacy and uh relationship building between like sam and all the characters and it was, it was really cool to see yeah and like and like you know to step back a second like you can totally do deaf characters in games you can do it you just have to make it more of a focus and last yeah, of us there's right. a girl in spider-man yes did the yep. yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah um but, but just yeah, the way the but, game but, is but the way yes 100 yeah. percent. the way right. last of us is right. kind of structured yes it's it's definitely it would take a little bit away or it'd be harder to capture that same feeling yes. with a deaf character in the background because you'd have to like really kind of put them front and center so, um 
but yeah, we were talking about this and we we're kind of like, it's, you know, it's cool that they have, you know, the representation, but it also is kind of like, it feels a little, a little bit checkboxy in terms of like, just get a, you know, a little bit, but you know, I like looking at it, like it further made Sam even more dependent mm-hmm. on Henry. Right. Um, and it just kind of like, because we get less time with Sam and Henry in the show than we did in the game, yeah. you know, yeah. going across the game, we got probably, it was probably like two, three hours with Sam and Henry through their, their kind of couple of chapters um whereas with <laughs> peppers is just running around the studio love it love it love it love it um but you know in the show like we only got what 50 minutes 60 minutes yeah, with yeah. them so like we got less time so like they really wanted to to drill in how necessary like henry was to sam and like how dependent yeah sam that's was a good on henry. point also so, like the whole there's the whole thing about how he had leukemia which i yes i googled it and i think there's like deafness is sometimes a and side they, effect, side, yeah, yeah, and they mm-hmm. talked about like him needing medicine in the show, and yeah. like that they ran out um, on that he had to do something to get more medicine. But I, I who knows how wish long they'd done something with that involving clickers? Because there is obviously that kind of parallel of like yep. here's a oh, yeah. you know, here's a thing that tracks stuff entirely by sound. Like that's, I mean, yeah, that's that would be extremely terrifying. Yep. Um, uh, how about you, Akeem? What do you think about the episode? I thought it was great. It's so. What's interesting is I. I didn't remember what happened to Sam and Henry. Uh, I mean, it's been so long since I've played uh, part part oh, one. Oh man! So and and it, I, I was tempted though. I was so tempted to to kind of just like look up what what happens to these two characters. I was like, you know what? I want to be as as surprised as as anyone else watching this particular series. And as as things are progressing in this episode, like the almost the one to one of of the video game was there. Like I was I was reminded of what took place when I, when we spent time uh, with Sam and Henry with, you know, Joel running into the building and, and, you know, he's shooting, uh, he's shooting, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the clickers as they're coming uh, to, to, to protect everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that, that final scene was, was just as, just as shocking and jarring as it, as it was uh, uh, in the, in the game. And, yeah, well, I th- this was a great episode. Yeah, this this I mean, was definitely. Yeah, we agree. The series ending, just keeps getting better and better. The ending was heartbreaking. It was it was totally gutting, yeah. and it's also I love that after the episode three, you're like maybe they're gonna have a better ending. Maybe they're gonna yeah. have a happy maybe, ending. Maybe they'll change it. But one, like yeah. Kathleen completely telegraphs it, and she goes, mm-hmm. "Kids die." Yeah, it ends the way it ends. It's like yep. right there on the nose. Spot and on the completely... impersonation too. Love Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, I, I do another side podcast where I imitate uh, <laughs> Melanie Linsky. Uh, anyway. That has been our show. This has been the Valentine's Day special. I want to say I love all of you dearly. Thank you for joining me. Love this you back. A real cherry cordial of a show. You gotta, um, tell, you gotta tell Vincent that you Vincent, love him. I think you're cool. Tell you're, him you love him. I love you. Fax me. Thank you. Akeem, tell uh, the Jill Valentine for me that I love her too. Tell his crotch just fell off. Us. Sorry. You got you just. Okay, you we just gotta go. His, we got a we got a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction. My crotch uh, is intact. What are you talking okay, about? No, Vincent. Vincent. Okay. Everyone's Vincent's on timeout uh, now. That's it. He's, this, uh, the episode is over. Good night, everyone. Beyond. Valentine's Day. Beyond. Happy Beyond Beyond. <laughs> XOXO. Wait, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> Above all, do not forget the most important critical rule. Do not get caught out in the instability. We remind you that Arda is not liable for any entropic reconstitution that occurs to you or your loved ones should you interact with the instability. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. 
Join my family on the story train with Calm Conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank <laughs> you.